Welcome to the South Edmonton Church of Christ Wednesday Bible Study. In this week's video, we're going to be actually starting a new study. It's going to be in the book of Ruth. Now, it's a short book, and I would definitely recommend to you, like, you know, this is this video is also going to be a little bit shorter, so I would definitely recommend at this point, you might want to just kind of pause this video, maybe read through the whole book of Ruth, you know, with your family right now, and that could be a great way to start uh, this this evening. But um, there's a few other things that you could do that would help you uh, help us all to kind of get on the same page and look at this wonderful book because I am convinced there's a lot that we can learn in this passage. Uh, but, you know, sometimes we kind of can miss some of these nice details. So I'm going to try to point out some of those and help us all uh, learn more about this short but wonderful book. Another thing that I would encourage you to do is check out this video that's available on YouTube for free that you can watch, and it's from the Bible Project, and it goes an overview of the book of Ruth. So maybe if you uh, haven't had the opportunity to read the whole book together uh, in one setting, then this might be also something you could do. I would encourage you to, to do both of those things, to watch the video and to read uh, the entire book of Ruth, and then for us to go through a little bit more detailed study of this book and to maybe kind of learn some of these specific things that you might uh, overlook and you might miss if you're uh, not paying you know, close uh, attention necessarily. I think both are very important to get the overview idea, but then also to get the specifics. I'll include a link to this video in the video description uh, down below, and you can follow that. I also want to pass along to you uh, some word of advice that comes from uh, this Bible scholar that I really like. His name is Michael Heiser. And now I want to state this, it, it purposely, this, this uh, statement that he makes, it purposely is supposed to get our attention. Now, he believes the Bible is the word of God, just like I do, okay? But he said this statement, and he says, whenever we read uh, these stories that are found in the Bible, what we need to do is we need to get into the habit of reading them like we would fiction. You know, read them like we read a novel. Because whenever we read a novel, uh, we read it like the writer had an agenda, or like the writer had a plan. Well, he did. And that's also what we find oftentimes in the Bible. Now, that doesn't make it any less true, and that doesn't make it any less from God. But what it means is that there are things within the Bible that are placed there to get us to, to dig a little bit deeper, to think about these things a little bit more. I'll point out some of these in this video as we look deeper into what the book of Ruth is about. I think that this book can can communicate a lot of things to us. Because, you know, once again, we, we're starting to see... Uh, a few difficult things coming up, and we might be having some difficult times ahead. And the book of Ruth, we oftentimes think about it as this wonderful book of faith and this all these great examples that we see. But you know, the very first chapter, there's a lot of bad things. In fact, if you're kind of looking at the, the uh, uh, picture up there on the screen, it says in chapter one that there's tragedy and death. I mean, that's the big words that you can see right there. Um, that's what we see in the first chapter. Now, if you fast forward, you'll also kind of notice that in chapter 4, you see that there's joy and there's birth. So, so everything that is bad and everything that is kind of negative in this book, it sort of gets re, redone and we see the positive side of it. But that still doesn't take away from the fact that they have to go through the negative. And sometimes we have to go through negative times or low times in our own lives. But in this book, what we can see is God working through all of this, that he has this plan in an individual's life and in our own lives, you know, to, together. So let's look at this book of Ruth and find out some more things about it together. Ruth chapter one, verses one through five. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. 
So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem of Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with their two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about ten years, both Malon and Kilion also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. So already we start to see some of the negative things in this book. We already see kind of some of the, well, it's rough. It's rough for everybody involved in this story. But what we find within this story is we still see some words of hope. For example, when we start in verse 1, and we read that it says, In the days when the judges ruled. Now, you probably know this. You know, if you if you ever do a study in the book of Judges, we find out that the book of Judges has this cycle that's mentioned. I mean, yes, it's found in Judges, but it's also found throughout the rest of the Bible. But it's basically this cycle of things are going good, and then, then the people start to rebel, they start to sin, and then it just kind of goes bad, and then God sends them a prophet, and then asks them to repent, and then they just kind of keep going through this cycle. And that's what we see. Now, maybe that's not the, the best way to, to flesh out that cycle, but I think you know what I mean. We, we typically think about that cycle, and we think about how much negative things there were during the days that the judges ruled. However, the book of Ruth shows us during those times, it wasn't all bad. There was this family right here who, even though a lot of bad things are happening, there is still a silver lining. There is still a positive message right here. But we start off kind of negative. Okay, so it's the days whenever the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. By the way, that is going to mark the rest of this book, that there's there's always uh, kind of this, this barrenness that's mentioned. There's also this, this famine. There's this, this question about things and basically the need to rely upon God. And I think that's a lesson for us to learn too. No matter how much stuff or how little stuff we might have during these days, during any days, what we can find is our hope is found in God. Our trust is found in God. So right here we see this family. We're focused on this family, and uh, it's it's a family who has this uh, this husband and wife, and then they've got um, two uh, two uh, male children, two sons, and then they uh, their two sons marry Moabite uh, women. So you kind of have a little bit of an of an intermixing um, of uh, kind of what we would. I don't know if we'd necessarily call them race, but uh, races, but different nations definitely. So they're coming from one nation into another, and that's where they had to go. They had to go into the country of Moab because there was enough stuff there. So they they left the land of Judah and going out to Moab. Now this was just kind of one of those surrounding uh, nations, of course. And so this man and his wife, uh, they all uh, went. Which, by the way, this is kind of some of the things that are that are being set up, and this is how, whenever we read the Bible and read these stories, kind of like a novel, it can help us uh, catch things that we would maybe overlook. Uh, for example, this is going to come up later, uh, going back up to verse 1 again. Um, they are from Bethlehem. Now, ironically, Bethlehem, it means house of bread, but yet there's a famine there. There's not bread. Okay, so it's just kind of a little bit of irony right there, but that's going to come up later especially in the next chapter. We'll get more into that later. But just know right now, Bethlehem, house of bread, without bread. What are they going to do? Well, they left. They went to a, a different land. We also see some interesting things about names in this, um, 
in this chapter and also in the next chapter as well, we see in verse 2 that these two sons, they're named Malon and Kilion, which, by the way, those mean uh, something to the effect of weak and sick. I mean, that's what the sons are, are given the names of. Now, I don't know exactly why, and I don't know what what's all going on with that, but we see that those are mentioned, which... You know, if you just kind of keep reading, you find out that they end up dying. So weak and, and sick, they end up dying. We also find out uh, something else, another name that I, I overlooked in verse 2 was Elimelech. Elimelech, it means my God is king. And, and I think that tells you something about this family, that his name, you know, he kind of lives up to his name, that his God is king and his family is going to be faithful as well. Okay, so now we kind of see a few things about the names that are mentioned right there, which, by the way, I do, uh, I do believe that there is something about names, and I believe there's something about what these names mean, and it can be interesting uh, for us to hear these things. Um, some more things, whenever all of these negative things happen, when all this death and all this tragedy is starting to hit, we see in, in verse 3 that Elimelech, he dies first. And then we also find out that these sons that they had, they marry Moabite women. The Moabite women's name in verse 4 are named Orpah and Ruth. Orpah and Ruth. Uh, from what I can gather, Orpah means stubborn and Ruth means friend. Kind of interesting because in some ways uh, they might perhaps sort of live up to those names a little bit. Most certainly Ruth lives up to her name uh, without a doubt. We also find out just something that I want to point out. At the end of verse 4, we find out that this they lived there about 10 years. So, I mean, this takes a long time for all of these events in this book uh, to take place. And that's important because sometimes our suffering, sometimes our tragedy, sometimes our hardships, it takes place over time. And sometimes year after year, whenever things are just bad and just maybe they even get worse, it, it can be rough. It can be very rough. This was a most certainly a trying time for Orpah, for Ruth, and also for Naomi. We find out in verse 5 that Malon and Kilion, the ones who named her weak and sick, they die. So now Naomi is left without her two sons, without her husband, and now she's got these Moabite daughter-in-laws that are Orpah and Ruth. Okay, that's where they're out at right here. And we only have gotten into five verses. This book does not start off good. But we can definitely see God working within this book. I don't know that we see him working necessarily just yet, but we will see him as the pages unfold. So let's continue on. Now let's look at verses 6 through 13. When Naomi heard... In Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud, and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could, come, who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there were still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? 
Would you remain unmarried for them? No. No, my daughters. It is more better, sorry, it is more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord's hand has turned against me. We can relate with this. I think most of us, if we've gone through some something difficult, some type of tragedy, we can definitely relate to what's going on in Naomi's life right here. Okay, so we see going up to verse 6 that this is where the Lord is mentioned and the Lord's hand is actually coming in into play right now. We see that Naomi, she heard about how the Lord had come to the aid of the people by providing food for them. So now, guess what? The house of bread has bread again. Um, and so they're going to be going there. They're going to be able to, to try to, to make this journey and try, hopefully at least, to make things better in their life. They've had a lot of bad things going on uh, for the past decade. And now they're hoping that things will be more more positive for them in the future. Now, one thing that we will notice, and I, I do want to point this out, you have three widows that are traveling right here that are going to be making this trek and, and hopefully things are going to get better. Oftentimes in the pages of the Bible, both the Old Testament and the New Testament, widows are mentioned as some of these people who, it's just kind of how it was part of their society that it was hard for them to make it. It was hard for them to be able to get an income. It was hard for them to be able to get food, to get just life, just to live. And now you have three of these widows and they're trying to make it better, to make life better for them. Naomi looks to her daughters-in-law and she says, you know, y'all need to go back home. Y'all need to go home wherever you can actually be provided for because Naomi doesn't know what's going to be happening uh, in the future for her. It's a sad time, but Naomi also assures them in verse 13, uh, she says that it is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand is turned against me. That's how she feels. She feels the Lord's hand has turned against her. All these bad things have happened in her life. Could we ever relate to any of that? Whenever bad things happen, sometimes we feel like the Lord has turned against us, that the Lord's hand is against us. But things will get better for Naomi. And things can get better for us. And even if the, the situation that we might find ourselves in don't always get exactly what we would call better, we still know that God is there in those, in those times. And God will bring us through those difficult moments. This is one of the lessons that the book of Ruth teaches us. Now, this story continues on, though, because they haven't finished this conversation about, okay, so what are they going to do? Are they going to go or are they not going to go? Verses 14 through 22 now. And with this, we actually, uh, this is the, these are the last few verses of this chapter. So verses 14 through 22. At this, they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law uh, goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them, and the women exclaimed, Can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. 
I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. So we see a lot that's setting things up for the future events of what we're going to see in the next few chapters. We see this beautiful statement here that begins in verse 16 about what Ruth says to her mother-in-law at this time. You know, she makes this statement, where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And, you know, sometimes maybe we even sort of uh, might be familiar with this as like wedding vows and stated, you know, sometimes in different weddings and all. And it's a nice concept right there. Now, this is not in the context of wedding. This is in the context of a, a daughter-in-law and, and her mother-in-law. But she wants that type of connection with this person. She, she wants to be able to be right there with her. During the good times, the bad times, she's saying, look, your people are going to be my people. Your God's going to be my God. I'm going to be right there with you. That is the type of loyalty that Ruth displays. And we see that that loyalty is going to carry on in the next few chapters. And this loyalty is also going to lead to the positive outcome of this book. Now, when they get to Bethlehem, the house of bread, and they find out that the barley harvest was beginning, well, they start calling out to her and they're surprised. I mean, okay, it's been, what, 10 plus years or so. And they start asking, is this Naomi? And she says, don't call me Naomi. Naomi, by the way, it means pleasant. She says, call me Mara, which means bad or it means bitter. So she says, don't call me pleasant, call me bitter because the Lord has made my life very bitter. That's how she feels in verse 20. Do you know anybody who feels bitter about life? Maybe you yourself might feel at times bitter about life. But what we see here, I mean, we definitely see that she does feel bitter about it. She says, I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. So don't call me pleasant. My life is not pleasant right now. The Lord has afflicted me. And it's kind of some negative things about the Lord, but I hope that you don't end it here. Okay, please don't end it in this chapter because chapter one starts off, we see tragedy, we see death, we see hardship, we see difficulties, we see emptiness. But in the upcoming chapters, we're gonna see hope. We're gonna see what God can do with this type of situation that comes their way. Now, we can't always guard against negative things that are going to be coming our way. Sometimes we can. A lot of times we can't. But what we can do is we can change how we're going to respond to it. We can choose to learn from the example like Ruth. We can have that loyalty to God. So no matter if our life is bitter or if it's pleasant, we're going to be loyal to God. We're going to be loyal to his people. That's the type of loyalty that we see in Ruth. And we will continue to see through her example. Now, Naomi, I'm not saying that she's a bad character. She's just a human. And she's had a bitter life. I don't know if I would respond all that different if I had a similar type life as what she's had, you know, for the past 10 years. My life's not been like that the past 10 years. It's been pretty good. But lessons like this show us how people can be and how they can rely upon God. Now, we will notice as the book unfolds, Naomi's view of things gets better. Ruth's view of things gets better. And we see the Lord works mighty in their life. That's the God that we serve. These are some of the lessons that we will look in the upcoming chapters. 
once again, at this point, I would encourage you, if you haven't done so already, maybe pause the video or actually, I guess at this point, just wait till the video finishes and then go check out the Bible Project video that's on the Book of Ruth because I would definitely encourage you to look at that overview to see the positive things about this book. I know it started off negative, okay? We're not going to end just, just with negative. It gets much better. This book is wonderful and it's very powerful. It shows that in the midst of troubles, in the midst of trials, in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of death, we can still be loyal to God and we can still see him working in our lives and doing amazing things. I want to leave you with one final verse that I think kind of summarizes uh, how we see the working out of this passage throughout the pages uh, of the book of Ruth. In Romans 8, 28, Paul says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, we sometimes read that and we're familiar with that. But the book of Ruth shows us how that can possibly work out in someone's life, in a few someone's lives. And we see this passage doesn't say everything is good, but God can work out everything for good. This is a lesson that we will see in the upcoming weeks as we look at the book of Ruth and we find out more and more about how God works in our world and the wonderful things that he is capable of doing in your life, in my life, in everybody's life. This is what God wants.